Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Bugle presents The Last Post with Alice Fraser. Posters and welcome to the last post, the final word in this, the most final of worlds. And today's episode is the 14th of August, uh, the year 2020, a very special episode with a very special guest. Sorry to give you a little bit of a teaser, but I'm quite excited. On this day in history, in 1040, King Duncan I of Scotland was killed in battle against his first cousin, Macbeth, initiating the saying, a slam dunk because it was Duncan who got slammed. Apparently he was not murdered in his sleep, as Shakespeare's play intimated, which makes that scene in Shakespeare's play a little bit of a sick burn. Caught you napping, did he, Dunk? And in 1281 on this date, during Kublai Khan's second Mongol invasion of Japan, his invading fleet of 3,500 vessels disappeared in a typhoon near Japan. Some legends suggest that this Mongolian fleet was washed up on the underground shores of New New Zealand, then populated purely by peaceful octopus tribes, and the subsequent interbreeding led directly to the aggressive, outward-looking attitude of the octopus people of the New New Zealand we vaguely know and vocally love today. Your guest today on the podcast is a very special guest from an alternate dimension. I would like to welcome onto the podcast, Alice Fraser. Hello, Alice. Can I call you Alice? Sure. I feel like I know you already. I'm so pleased we managed to set this up and let's hope it doesn't cause any paradoxes in the The space-time continuum. continuum. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up today, Sovereign Citizens News brought to you by the alternate universe Alice Fraser. But first, some headlines of stories we won't have time for. And in the news news today... today. No, you go. No, you you go. Uh, Sorry, it's a bit surreal. I always thought my voice was sort of deeper and more authoritative. It's it's odd to hear you talk. Tell me about it. No offence, but you sound like... You sound like a prissy baby. Yeah, I know what you mean. All right, in the news today, the for-profit prison colony on Mars has announced it will be seceding from its governing body, the board of billionaire entrepreneurs who launched the project in its initial phase. Since its instigation, the Mars prison colony has been racked with rioting and civil unrest, with factional violence and experimental political systems rising and falling like the waves of the ocean that doesn't exist on Mars. 
Finally sick of fighting each other under the rule of the masters, the five major gang heads and the prison guards have united with a list of demands from their billionaire owners including a minimum prisoner wage, as much oxygen as they can breathe and free movement between the biodomes. They have cited Australia as a prison colony made good and declared the largest biodome, Biodome Supermax A, the sister city of Australia's Sydney. That's nice, I'm in Sydney at the moment. Oh, I grew up in Sydney but I'm currently in the Last Post offices aboard the Last Post Studios satellite orbiting the planet for maximum news surveillance. Oh, c- cool. Yeah, no, um, we don't have that here. Uh, my shows are all a little bit less high-tech. Ah, oh, well, I'm, I'm sure your Dimensions Earth is cool too, in its, in its own way. Meanwhile, academic criticism of the Chinese government's authoritarian actions in Hong Kong has been receiving reciprocal criticism from a number of extremely authoritative online bots who suggest that when it comes to the oppression of millions, your mum's a bitch and your dad's the milkman. The majority of the group of independently tenured economic and human rights professors who have been levelling the claims of human rights abuses at the Chinese government have not yet replied to these accusations. But law professor Harold Blinkerson of Oxford has said that while he won't speak for the whole of the academic community, his own mum's quite nice. And he points to the common law precedent that nobody's mum's a bitch until proven guilty in a court of whore. <laughs> uh, what? I wouldn't have made that joke. I'm just saying I wouldn't have made that joke. Why not? Well, it's, 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 just, it's just a bit cheap. That's all. The court of whore is a bit cheap. Well, I don't know. You laughed. We can't always live up to our best selves. Okay, I'm just saying you don't have any room to judge which one of us is sitting in a dedicated satellite broadcasting a decade-old Emmy Award-winning daily podcast and which one of us is scraping by on Patreon subscriptions to pay half the rent on a flat she's sharing with her dad. <laughs> Point made. Point taken. Okay, carry on. And in conspiracy theory news, in response to a surge of incredibly annoying assholes swapping conspiracy theories online like an intellectual game of suck and blow where everyone has a slightly different variation of herpes, governments around the world have leaned into pro-mask messaging on mainstream media. Apparently, this is in secret hopes of luring conspiracists to a mask burning on a series of spring-loaded town squares in heavily populated areas and then firing them into space to populate the biodome on Europa, Jupiter's most hospitable moon. So let's all look forward to that. Oh, very very insightful. <laughs> I can see why you're the successful one. <laughs> That's all the time we have for the news stories we don't have time for, because now it's time for your ads. It's time for your ad section now, because sometimes you have to distinguish yourself from your alternate dimension clone, and what better way to do that than buying one or more of the following products. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by an email from a hairdresser you went to once. They want you to know they're open for business again and are COVID safe. Nice. And are you a bloviating, sputtering old fogey or a cop in a 70s television show who's just been given what for by the local youth? Try a jump start where you accidentally splash yourself in the face with half a glass of water. Half a glass of water, a refreshing start to a plump fist shaking. Available in all diners and police headquarters. Oh, that that's very good. I have to say I really enjoy your comedy, Alice. Um, not to kiss my own ass. <laughs> Meanwhile, a new novel is out by self-published romance maven and online bestseller, Dancy Lagarde. Oh my god, I can't wait. I've listened to these on the podcast and I love the Dancy Lagarde ads. Okay, let me, let me go on. Dancy Lagarde. Lord Pranceling's Redemption is the 44th in Lagarde's Manly Men and the Men Who Love Them series of historical homoerotic detective romance thrillers with a supernatural, with a supernatural twist. twist. Hey, let me read the ad. Lord Edgard Pranceling is a villain, a blackmailer, a dandy and a cad. His powdered wig, a fet manner, and ruby-encrusted heels hide a tormented soul and surprisingly ridged abdominal muscles. Ooh. 
Are his abs creamy? <laughs> doesn't say it doesn't say in the in the in the write up whether his abs are creamy. Allow me to continue. His remarkable violet eyes, framed by his gold quizzing glass, look sinisterly cynical, but beneath the beruffled front of his starched linens beats a wounded heart. Thwarted in his villainy by lance and blade in the prequel, The Lord and His Man, Edgard returns, defeated, to the prancling country estates to lick his pride and brood on his foiled plans and guilt regrets. There he is riding neck or nothing over the menacing moors of prancling manor. <laughs> When he encounters an innocent country mensch in dire distress, Gullivant is a country milkman, the illegitimate child of an earl, herding his cows and suppressing his homosexual desires as well as his noble heritage. Caught in the crossfire of a fistfight in the local inn, a head wound has left him disoriented on the moors, stricken with amnesia and nude. Oh, very nice. He knows he's not meant to tell anyone he's the gay heir to a vast fortune, but he can't remember why. <laughs> Lord Pranceling, infinitely villainous, sweeps up Gullivant to deprave in the cackling privacy of his own manner, but is suddenly struck by tender protective urges to shield the innocent flower of manhood who has fallen thus unwitting and unclothed into his degenerate lace-beruffled clutches. Pranceling's heart longs for more than just a meaningless sadomasochistic fling with an amnesiac milkman. <laughs> Gullivant, unaware of Edgard's degenerate reputation, is stricken by a sexy hero worship for his noble rescuer and wishes only to succumb to the lure of his lavender eyes and abdominal array. Why then has the conscienceless Edgard suddenly been stricken by an urge to protect rather than debauch Gullivant? Could it be true love? Only by reluctantly having sex can they possibly find out. How will Gullivant react to Prancling's history of sinister deviance and villainous cackling? Will he ever forgive the man and fall into his surprisingly muscular arms? It's not until the ghost of the family werewolf <laughs> let loose on the full moon from the Lord's private crypt emerges to howl a prophecy of true love at the lowering sky that Edgard realises he may have met his mate. With a cameo appearance from Lord Lance and his luscious valet, Blade, and a heartwarming Christmas vignette with Edgard's adorably lisping adopted niece, Lord Pranceling's redemption will worm its way into your heart. The Guardian called Lord Pranceling's redemption a refreshing redemption of the mincing dandy trope, and the Times called it achingly anachronistic in its depiction of social attitudes to homosexuality. <laughs> Available now in all adult bookstores and post-structural social studies lecture theatres. Now, we do not have a Dancy Lagards in my dimension, but I have to say I love the sound of them. They're like a thousand Mills and Boonses got caught in a wood chipper and reconstructed from scrap. Oh, well, I get them free in PR as part of the advertising package, so if you'd like a set, I can send you some digital files to put on your Kindle. Oh, I'd love that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And that's your ad section for today. 
The Last Post. Our top story today, Sovereign Citizens News, brought to us by our interdimensional correspondent, Alice Fraser. Over to you, Alice. Thanks, Alice. So this is a piece of news from my dimension. I'm not sure how relevant it is to your listeners. Oh, that's a bit worrying. I can't imagine anyone would be interested in news that isn't happening in the real world. What do you mean? Isn't that basically all news? Anyway, this is about sovereign citizens. Police and authorities are reporting increasing numbers of people calling themselves sovereign citizens, which is to say people who, while still taking advantage of roads and electricity in hospitals, don't believe they are subject to the rules and regulations of other people in society. Oh no, I'm not sure if I agree with that. The movement is characterised by hack-legalistic terms and pseudoscience, delineating a truly holistic attitude to facts, rules and laws. And by holistic, I mean they think all of them are garbage. The general ideology is based on the belief that the original government set up by the US or the UK or Australia or Canada, which most adherents refer to for some reason as common law, uh, was slowly and secretly replaced by an illegitimate government sometime in the 1800s. They believe that there is a legal way to opt out of society by filing documents and ending what they call contracts with the government, like driving licences and birth certificates. Ah. Yeah. The holistic attitude is that um, basically if you can say a sentence about science, law or reality that sounds vaguely like a fully formed chain of logic, it doesn't matter whether that logic is founded in fiction, myth, conspiracy or the chirpings of a sensible looking bird. Oh yeah. (laughs) These are the people who on reading the Bible story of the burning bush were like, oh, a burning bush said it. <laughs> I doubted you before, but it's a scientific fact that bushes don't lie. And when you're like, that's because bushes don't talk. They're like, shh, 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 And then they smother you with a pillow. Uh, <laughs> Very insightful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alice. That's all the time we have today. Unfortunately, we do not have time for your letters to the editor because we've had such a great time talking to Alice Fraser. Oh, thank you. That's a real compliment. I've always uh, wondered if I could hold my own in a last post. Uh, well, let me tell you, it's hard to write satirical comedy for 366 days of the year. That's no criticism to you. I know you turn out, what is it, one show a year? Yeah, yep. Yep, one show a year. All right. But thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to The Last Post today. We're here in your ears 366 days of this year and we'll be back tomorrow with all the latest news in this dimension. Thank you so much, Alice Fraser, for coming on today. We hope to have you back at some point if we can manage to work our way through the logistics of the glitch in the space-time continuum to organise another Zoom call like this. Thank you. It's been a real uh, pleasure to be on. Alice, have you got anything to plug? Oh, um, no, not not really. I guess uh, t- Twitter and Instagram, um, I think we have the same handle um, and, and My Special Savage is available on Amazon Prime. Really? My Special Savage is available on Amazon Prime. That's that's lovely. And um, I hope you enjoy watching it. I wonder if they're the same show. I wonder how parallel our universes really are. Oh yeah, absolutely. The last post is an Alice Fraser and Bugle Podcasts production. I am Alice Fraser. I am Alice Fraser. No, I'm Alice Fraser. We're, We're both, both Alice, Alice Fraser. Fraser. Find us online at, at Alliterative on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E or Commit to the full Alice Fraser experience by signing up on patreon.com slash Alice Fraser for a behind-the-scenes look at our glamorous lives. The executive producer of this podcast is Christopher D. Skinner. His adoring and bedazzled subordinate producers are Harriet Wells and Ped Hunter, as they and we always say, Good Go luck to you, Christopher. Christopher. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.